Buying organic is a booming food trend. It is also a trend that comes with a health halo for being more nutritious, healthier, and tastier than conventional produce. But how do these claims stack up when you look at the research behind them? And is the price premium you pay for organic worth it? In this podcast, I look at the health merits of organic food and unpick those health and nutrition claims. The organic food industry is big business, fueled by strong consumer demand for health, environmental and ethical concerns, it is no surprise it is one of the leading food trends. So let's start off this podcast by defining what we mean by organic. Typically, a food that is marketed as being organic would fall under some level of a certification process. Certification would cover things like chemical inputs such as fertilizer, additives, antibiotics and pesticides, And then there could be aspects related to land use, animal breeding and housing, along with record keeping and potentially on-site inspections. In Australia, there are at least five different organic certification bodies. But also in Australia, any product claiming to be organic needs to be able to substantiate those claims regardless of if they are certified or not or else they risk falling afoul of food regulatory and consumer bodies, like the ACCC. Now, choosing organic produce for its nutritional superiority would make it a standout choice. The only problem with this view is that there is not a lot of scientific evidence to say it is true. And a key reason why it's very hard to compare apples with apples, so to speak, is when you look at the nutrient content of any food, it can vary so much depending on growing region, rainfall, time of the year of harvest, and post-harvesting storage time. Each one of these can affect nutrient levels drastically, and none have anything to do with organic or conventional farming practices. In fact, it is not unknown to see differences in some nutrients from between 100 to 200% purely based on these factors I outlined before, and none of them have anything to do with if a food is organic or not. So to get a clear picture of if organic produce has more nutrition than conventional produce needs a lot of research work and a lot of studies to help balance out some of all of those inherent differences that naturally exist between produce. In 2012, a systematic review of 223 studies concluded that there was a lack of strong evidence that organic foods are significantly more nutritious than conventional foods. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. There was a lot of variability in the studies, yet the only nutrient that stood out as being higher was phosphorus. But it was in conventional produce, not organic food. Although even with higher levels of phosphorus, the differences had no clinical health significance. And no additional health benefits for allergic disease or bacterial infection was seen by eating organic food either. Now that was 2012. Let's move ahead to 2014, when a new review study 
of 343 studies came out with a slightly different conclusion, finding that organic crops did have higher levels of antioxidants by about 20% compared to conventional foods. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. But most of the other nutrients tested showed no difference between organic and conventional. So again, it was just one class of nutrients that was higher and further muddying the waters. It was only in fruit, not other types of produce, which showed a difference between organic and conventional. And even here, with the antioxidants being higher in fruit, it was really only the carotenoid antioxidants, which are precursors to vitamin A, that were higher. So it's a very, very narrow subset of nutrients that was found to be higher in organic. But the thing is, fruit is not the main source of these carotenoid nutrients in our diet. It's actually vegetables like carrots and green leafy vegetables. And this is the general pattern we see in studies that look at nutrient differences between organic and conventional produce. That even when there is a statistically significant difference, it makes really no practical difference in terms of our consumption of these foods. And considering the price premium of organic produce, I mean, simply eating a little bit more conventional produce in the first place could easily make up for the differences in antioxidants, which is the only nutrient that this study found, again, of 343 studies that differed between foods. Now, there have been some studies that show that organic meat and milk has higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids. But the word organic here is misleading. The nutritional differences were simply because of the way the animals were reared and fed, because they foraged more on grass. It was already well known that the fatty acid profile of beef and milk will vary depending on what the animal was raised on. And here's the other point. Milk and meat are not the main sources of omega-3 fats in our diet. It is fish, plants, nuts and seeds that are the key dietary sources of omega-3s. So the high levels of one nutrient in meat and dairy don't make a big difference to your diet as a whole. But surely it's better to choose organic and be pesticide free. When choosing organic produce, the absence of synthetic pesticides ranks high on the consumer health radar. Now thankfully, Pesticide levels on food in Australia are monitored tightly and kept within very, very safe levels. And we're talking levels below 1% of what is an already safe daily dose that already has its own huge margin of safety built into it. And simply washing and peeling food before eating it can reduce residues even more. But there is some research to show that eating organic food means less synthetic pesticide residue found in the body. So surely it's better to eat organic and have less in your body regardless. But this gives a very misleading picture as it lacks context of dose and importantly, what organic produce may use in its place. Organic produce is only free from synthetic pesticides. Organic certification allows produce to be grown with the use of naturally occurring pesticides such as pyrethrins, light oils, copper and sulfur 
and even some types of pesticide-producing bacteria. All of these pesticides are just as harmful to humans in high enough doses as synthetic pesticides. There is nothing safe about these pesticides. They're used to kill pests after all. And it is what I call the dirty little secret of the organic food industry, in that they're very quick to call out potential harms of synthetic pesticides, and that their food doesn't contain any of these, but are very coy in letting you know that they also use pesticides in producing their food. But let's put pesticides in context. Over 99% of the pesticides eaten in a typical diet are naturally present in the food to start with, not added by farmers. And of these naturally occurring pesticides already present in your food, half will cause cancer in rats if given in high enough doses. And that cup of coffee you had this morning, it contained the same weight of known rodent carcinogens as a year's worth of exposure to synthetic pesticides. Now, no need to be alarmed here at all. It's because these pesticides I spoke about are at incredibly low doses. And in fact, these natural pesticides may actually explain some of the health benefits of fruits and vegetables because they can stimulate our immune system by placing a very mild level of stress on the body. So life is not about removing all pesticides from it, because in fact, small amounts of it naturally present in food could be beneficial. But if you take those pesticides out of a plant and you have huge amounts of them, they can do harm. So really, the the toxicity lies in the dose, not so much the substance. Now, for anyone that has delved into the world of the merits of organic produce, they will likely have come across the Dirty Dozen. This is a collated list of foods to avoid because they contain the most pesticides. I mean, just know. First of all, if you measure anything, be it pesticide residue, fiber, or vitamin C content, you will always be able to produce a ranked list. What matters is not where a food is placed on that list, but if the values of whatever you are measuring have any significance for health. And when it comes to pesticide residues, even foods at the top of the list sit well, well under any level to present any safety concerns. Now, the data used in producing this list of the the dirty dozen is a legitimate ones, as it comes from government sources. Admittedly, this is US data, so it may not apply the same to Australia. But the ranking system used takes no account of the different levels of toxicity between pesticides. It's purely based simply on the amount present, not the absolute toxicity. And because it's a list, no matter what the conventional food industry did to reduce pesticide levels, This list will always have a dirty dozen on the top of it. And this list is only about synthetic pesticides. No test levels are given for all the organic pesticides that I mentioned before that can and are used in producing organic produce. And here's what you may not know about this dirty dozen list. It's put together by an organization called the Environmental Working Group. Sounds legit, doesn't it? 
except this group, while being a not-for-profit, gets a nice slice of its funding from the organic food industry. This is also an organization that has a very clear anti-GMO stance and has also dipped their toe in the water of some very anti-vax rhetoric too. To say they are not held in high regard by the general scientific community would be very polite to say the least. So if pesticide residues in conventional produce were so bad for us, we should see clear evidence of increased risk of cancer and other chronic diseases with increasing fruit and vegetable consumption. The opposite is true. Okay, so that's nutrients and pesticides done. But surely, even with all of that, it is simply a better food to have because organic tastes better. Um, no. Now, I'm not denying for one second your taste experience of organic food. It is 100% correct and valid. But you see, taste is a very personal one and is largely based on expectation. And with organic versus conventional, I'm talking about similar quality produce. Because a freshly picked conventional apple will likely taste better than an organic apple that has sat sadly unloved for several weeks on the produce self. And the same applies in reverse too, if you want to make a fair taste test of organic versus conventional. But what does science say when you do the only valid experiment here, and that's blind people to whether the food they're tasting is organic or conventional? Ready to be shocked? People can't taste the difference. Now, I could cite some nerdy scientific studies to support these blinded taste tests, but for a change of pace, I'm going to cite a YouTube clip. Not just any clip, mind you, but one involving a bunch of pranksters who infiltrated a high-end foodie trade show and passed around plates of McDonald's food they deconstructed and reassembled as gourmet bite-size hors d'oeuvres, complete with a tale of the food's provenance, and of course, it's all being organic, obviously. And the foodies lapped it up and raved about the hors d'oeuvres. Now, if they were told it was McDonald's, they would have had utter disdain for it. So taste, it's largely based upon expectations. And if you want to catch this three-minute clip, I'll put it in the show notes. But heads up, it's in Dutch, so put your subtitles on. So let's wrap all this up. The bottom line is that the whole organic versus conventional food debate is a pointless distraction. On the health scales, there is little to separate organic and conventional produce apart, apart from price. Now, rather than focusing on getting a few extra antioxidants from organic fruit, we should be trying to eat a lot more fruit and vegetables to begin with. The biggest food health issue we are facing in a country like Australia is from how little fruit and vegetables we are eating in the first place. Addressing this by eating more foods that we know are good for us will make any organic versus conventional debate fade into insignificance. And if you feel the price premium of organic is worth it, then by all means, make buying organic a priority. For someone on a tight budget, then fear not that you are doing your health any harm by buying conventional produce. So that's it for today's show. 
You can find the show notes either on the app you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition.